Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? Serving it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan, that's Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought. A show combining two of your three favorite F-words. That's right, food and football. The third one is fish squishing. Oh, hell yeah, Richard. Richard Richard knew it. Did Richard know it? He did. Look at the the comment section. There it is. Food, football, and fishes squished, Richard says. Nate, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? How are you? You know, I'm hanging in. It's been one of those weeks where the second I'm done with Food for Thought, I am going to do all the editing and uploading and all the stuff I need to do on the producing side of it to get it up and ready to go as a podcast the next day. And then... I am going to waddle my way into the, (laughs) you like what I did there. I'm going to waddle my way into the bedroom and I'm going to change into my pajamas Mm. and I'm going to talk to my wife and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go, the weekend's here. What do you want to do? And that's what it's going to be. Yeah, that's what it is. There has been some talk. There has been some talk about maybe doing breakfast tomorrow. So Mm. we might. Maybe do that. Diner? There has been some talk about maybe going to the bank, which is like adults do things like this. Might go to the bank tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And why not? Why not a diner? Why not a diner? If you're going to go, we got a little diner up the road from us. We'll, we'll, why not? We'll give it a shot. You know what else you should give a shot to? Picasso's Pizza. Because every show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is presented by Picasso's Pizza. You need to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping locally and nationwide order online at picassospizza.net. Nate, I need to drive up to Buffalo. I need need to just make the trip. Yes, you do. Because I need to get me some more Jenny. Yes, you do, sir. just, Just stock up the back of the car, put it in a cooler if I have to to make sure it stays cool on the drive, right? And just stock up and do the thing I need to do to be able to get Jenny back because Mm. food for thought 
is proudly presented by Genesee Brewing Company. Since 1878, Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. They have made no sacrifices when it comes to their beer, brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty lines with brewers like Ruby Red Kolsch and Oktoberfest, Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. I need to get me some Cream Ale. Mm. Nate, that's what I need. I, I need just had some, some recently. I should need it. It's just not the same. It's not the same. I don't mean to, you know, kind of twist the knife on this, Bruce, but I like the thing living in Buffalo, you could like walk out the door and like I could just go to the neighborhood pub and just get myself a Jenny Cream whenever I want. Maybe I should just move to Buffalo. Uh, Maybe that's the answer. Maybe you've been here the whole time. Oh, plot twist. I never (laughs) left. (laughs) Maybe this whole time you've been you've been throwing everyone's sense off by telling people, oh, I want that Jenny. I wish I could have that. But, oh, I wish I got to come to Buffalo to get the Jenny, to get the Picassos. But really, this whole time, you are actually just Picassos. You are Picasso. The podcast is coming from inside the city. <laughs> <laughs> it's from within the walls. It's coming from within the walls. Folks, just remember. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Press all of the engagement buttons for me. All the stuff. YouTube Super Chats at or greater than $10. Get a Genesee Pine class. Make sure you follow at Genesee Brewery on Twitter and DM at Nate Geary Sports. Proof of the Super Chat and the Genesee follow with your address so he can make sure he gets a glass to you. If you have poured yourself a drink, you are welcome to join us for... The Food for Thought Drinking Game. And the Food for Thought Drinking Game is as such. If any of the following things happen, you take a drink. If you are joining us in the comment section in YouTube, you call out when people are supposed to take a drink. Number one, either host mentions their pet. Number two, either host mentions their Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Number three, Nate's cat jumps on his lap during the show. Number four, Nate name drops a local Buffalo restaurant. Number five, the third F of the show is an item that's a subset of food. Number six, there's a super chat. Number seven, a winner or loser of the week is some version of all of us. Number eight, Bruce says, what I mean by that is. Number nine, Bruce gives a fictional reason as to why his camera isn't working. And number 10, Nate openly Googles something during the show. Nate, are ready you to drink ready? Folks. Oh, I'm ready. The theme of today's show is triple foods. Mm, foods. In triplicate, because mm. this is the third time that the Buffalo Bills will be facing the Miami Dolphins. It's the rubber match. It is Poirier versus McGregor three. Mm. It is all of those famous trilogy matches. And the thing that I think is really fitting about trilogies is that when you have a rubber match, when it's over, everyone just considers that done. The It's been settled. Yeah. Right? It's been settled. If it's boxing, if it's MMA, if it's football, whatever it is, you consider it done. It's not, I beat you once, you beat me <laughs> once. Very few people care about best of fives in the world. Everybody cares about the best of threes. Best Brian of three. Daly in the comment section says, feels like Nate dropping a local restaurant is a gimme. Smokes is in town. Yes. Smokes is, is in town. Smokes is in town. So, we are going to talk about foods in triplicate today. Mm. Nate, when I Trice. brought that up to you initially, 
you texted me and you said, okay, so where are we going with this exactly? With Triple Foods. <laughs> now that I have explained it, what does right. your mind go to with Triple Foods? It goes a lot of places. Um, parfaits are usually like kind of the first thing. You can make it into a triple layer parfait. I'm going to go with something that you have a very clear, distinct three layer, which is one of my favorites, carrot cake. Um, carrot cake, I think, is often, Bruce, categorized as like the old person dessert. Well, I have it. I'm, I'm an old soul in that way. I love lemon cake, lemon cake with lemon frosting. Mm, delicious. But carrot cake really kind of ascends to a different level of dessert for me because it shouldn't. It's hard to explain because I, it's not that I dislike carrots. I think a really good like roasted carrot glazed with honey is fantastic. It's just like a very good, uh, you know, side dish to whatever you're eating, right? Uh, whatever your your entree is. But it doesn't really come off to me as a as a vegetable that would be particularly good in a sweeter dish, um, and, and especially not as good as carrot cake, especially with like a good buttercream, um, and you have the layers of buttercream coming throughout the cake as well. Um, Karen says veggies do not belong in dessert, and although I generally agree, like I'm not, you know, sometimes uh, my grandmother will make banana bread with zucchini, and I'm just like, Graham, like, we don't have like we already got banana in there. We don't got to throw zucchini in there as well. Um, so for me, uh, carrot cake is just sort of transcends the vegetables do not belong in dessert debate. Because tell me, you haven't had a carrot cake that you weren't. Bruce, are you a carrot cake guy? The spices in carrot cake do are not something I typically love. I'm cool with it. I'm I'll fine with it. So you're not like a pumpkin pie guy. I am not a pumpkin. I'm not a pumpkin person okay. at all. Okay. So for the same reason, I'm not a huge carrot cake. I mean, that's that it's sort of the quintessential. It's the quintessential to me, carrot cake and pumpkin pie are kind of your quintessential fall flavors. Like I'm not having carrot cake necessarily now or the middle of summer. It is, it's, it's just that like fall feel. It's got the, the, uh, you know, what do you got? Like a little nutmeg in there. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've got a little bit of, you got a bunch of cinnamon. Uh, maybe you have some pumpkin spice in there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, and part of it too is I've got to say, I good fresh, a fresh buttercream within it. Oh gosh. It is. It's it, the problem is, is sometimes with the carrot cake, Bruce, and this is not just carrot cake. This is not unique to carrot cake. Um, I tend to find that some cakes struggle to, they just don't have the right balance of cake and frosting. Some cakes have too much frosting, which listen, I'm, a, I love frosting. Don't get me wrong, but I want, I kind of want every bite to have equal part cake and equal part frosting. And that's kind of what I like about carrot cake is even when you're cutting down the middle and you're not getting one of the edges, you're still going to get the 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 buttercream or the cream cheese in the middle, and and I think that's that's part of the one of the big reasons that carrot cake is sort of like the the ultimate balanced dessert for me. That's good. It's something that's in triplicate, but it's not messy. It's yes, not super busy. No, because you know you think about some things. You think about like every ant out there has some sort of seven layer salad that's an abomination, an, an, an unholy abomination before God. And you go, what, what is this? It's seven layers of salad and three of them are mayonnaise. What's happening here? It's just a, it's just a disaster. And so when I said foods in triplicate, I was wondering how this was going to go. That's a really good example. Mine, my classic triplicate food okay. is Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, of course. 
chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. The thing that I admire about Neapolitan ice cream is that you, as a server of Neapolitan ice cream, can Mm -hmm. pick and choose any way you'd like to do this. If you open the carton, it is delineated for you, which means if you want strawberry, you can just have strawberry. If you want vanilla, you can do that. If you want chocolate, you can do that. In fact, if you want to take individual scoops of all three of them, so you have a scoop of strawberry and a scoop of vanilla and a scoop of chocolate, you can do that. That's fine. And then once it's in your bowl, then you can make another call as to how you want to mix the flavors together. The options with Neapolitan ice cream are absolutely endless. You can do whatever you'd like with Neapolitan ice cream. And I think that one of the things that makes it work for me is that there are certain dishes that are designed to be busy. I mentioned earlier Mm. that you said uh, we didn't go busy with the, the ants abomination salad, right? Banana splits are designed to be busy. Yeah. There's uh, almost too busy. Yeah. But by design, by by, by design, they are designed to be busy. That's the entire point of it, right? It is Neapolitan ice cream. It's banana. There's a marsh. There's a cherry on top, right? For no apparent reason, right? You got whipped cream. You got nuts. Sometimes you have chocolate syrup on it. You got, sometimes they put a little pineapple, you know, pineapple slices. I was just going to say this. One of the things that bothers me is when people, when places try to pass off, and I think Dairy Queen does this, pass off a banana split with, instead of going scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla, scoop of strawberry, they, you know, vanilla, 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 chocolate syrup, strawberry syrup, and then like a pineapple or something like that is, to me, that is not what, that's not the traditional banana split. I'm looking for Neapolitan ice cream in the banana split. Absolutely. And it's designed to be busy. It's designed to be, like Trey said in the comment section, the best part of Neapolitan ice cream is the audacity of it all. A hundred percent is one of the best comments we've ever gotten on Food for Thought. Yeah, The no sheer audacity of Neapolitan ice cream. So on one hand, Neapolitan ice cream in the comfort of your own home can be a very organized, methodical, right? Balanced sort of food. On the other hand, Neapolitan ice cream can be an absolute abomination, the audacity of Neapolitan ice cream as part of a banana split, which means I can have something in triplicate that simultaneously makes a ton of sense and no sense at all. Kind of like the Buffalo Bills losing to the Miami Dolphins originally, then beating them right as the snowstorm happened, and now playing them for a third time in the playoffs. It makes no sense. None. None whatsoever. This way, when I think of a food in triplicate, that's what I think Mm. of. Speaking of those dolphins, we're going to try and do the final food Bills Dolphins upcoming game metaphor because we already had to do it twice. So we're going to try and do this for the third time in a single year. We're going to see how deep the well actually goes of our knowledge. And I'm going to go first. Love it. Bill's Dolphins. This may be as deep as the metaphor has ever gone for me. Nate, follow me down the rabbit hole, if you will. will. If the upcoming Bill's Dolphins game was a food, 
It is your mom's mac and cheese, but prepared by your new wife who you just married. Oh, this is hitting close to home, aren't it? Isn't it? Now, I did not have a mom who I would consider to be an exemplary cook. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, right? My mother was a perfectly reasonable cook. My wife is an exceptional cook. but So this doesn't apply to me, but it applies to a lot of people. They had a specific dish, and maybe for you, that dish was mac and cheese that your mom made, and mm. it was ridiculous. And you're trying to find a way, when you get married, to nicely tell your wife that you would like her to use your mother's mac and cheese recipe, right? It was really good. It was amazing. So after you've successfully navigated that strange social situation with your significant other, your wife decides she's going to make the mac and cheese that your mom used to make that you loved so much when you were a kid. It should be the same. All the ingredients are there. All the stuff should add up to a huge W. Right. But you can't help but think that there's, it's just not really a slam dunk. It should be a slam dunk, right? But you've, you've had things go wrong before. You've had two people sure. follow the same recipe and have it come out differently. You are 99% sure this is going to be awesome. 99. But it's always just going to be 99 because one slip up and now you're in trouble. You're 99% sure that this mac and cheese is going to be everything you dreamt it was going to be and more. But the human element of it all means you can't ever be 100% sure. Now, you're as good as you're still going to be excited about that meal, right? You're going to be excited about that meal because you, you love know, mac and cheese either way. Right. You get mac and cheese either way. And even if it's not as good as it was, right, it's still good. But your expectations are that's going to be dominant mac and cheese. That's what you expect because that's what you had. And you look at the ingredient list and go, it's the same. You look at the recipe and go, yep, that's it. And you go, this is going to be it. But it's being prepared by somebody different. And depending on how much you ticked off your wife, there may be some spit in it this time around because maybe she doesn't like you saying that your mother was a better cook. Maybe that's a problem. Now, I don't have to run into that problem. My mother, when I was younger, she made this chipped beef and gravy that was just absolutely Ooh. abysmal, and I absolutely despised it. It was one of the worst things I ever had in my entire life, this chipped beef and gravy. I hated <laughs> it, right? And I'll never forget one time she made it, and we had it left over for dinner, and my brother... My brother didn't eat all of it. And my father pulled the, well, you're going to have it for breakfast if you don't eat it. Right? One of those things, right? Sure. Yeah. So my brother called his bluff. And the next morning, yep, chip beef. Chip beef right there. <laughs> I had some words with my brother that evening. I yeah. imagine. Look what I you've imagine. done to us. Look what you've done to us. Because it's a little bit like when you have a coach who says, if they drop one, you're all going to run. It's a little bit like that. It's the peer pressure thing. Oh, right? yeah. It's the peer pressure thing. And you, fum you fumble and everyone does. Everyone has to do push-ups. Everyone has to yeah. do a lap. That's exactly right. If you fumble, yep. everybody does a lap. Well, you know what? My brother fumbled, and I'm still doing the lap to this day. So if the upcoming Bills-Dolphins game was a food, it is my mom's mac and cheese, but prepared by my brand new wife. Now. My wife is not brand new, and my wife didn't. My, my mom didn't have a mac and cheese recipe. But in this metaphor, that's the way it is. 
Karen, FBI notes. Bruce has a mother, father, and brother. <laughs> crazy. Absolute craziness. We need a breaking news ticker at the bottom. We do. We do. Um, I've I've talked about my brother before on the show, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, happened yeah. before. My brother's an Eagles yeah. fan, right? Oh, gosh. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an Eagles fan. So hey, we can't um, all be perfect. We can't all be perfect. Maybe, maybe we'll see him in the big game. You never know. You 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 never know. That that would be awkward for you, huh? It would be awkward for me. Yeah, for sure. Especially since the last time the last time the Bills were not in the playoffs and the Eagles were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, my wife was rooting for the Patriots. She was rooting for the Patriots mm. because she just didn't want my brother to get one. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. She's I've so always great. known I've known Miss Nolan to be petty, but I didn't know she was that petty. Just the, the upper echelon level of petty, just That's like the good. greatest level of petty. That's so good, it was amazing. All right, so what you got? I'm going a, a simple route here, uh, and I'll tell you why I'm going with something that really is basically two ingredients: kettle corn, right? Oh. Um, you could get it out when you're at a carnival, while you're, you know, a, a street fair, a fair, a circuit, wherever. Like, kettle corn is always kind of like at an outdoor street style event. There's just always one or two kettle corn stands, right? Or you could do it at home. It's easy. It's just sugar and popcorn uh, and corn kernels, right? I mean, it's it's very easy to make. Um, and it's that easy treat you love to make, but it's got the minimal ingredients, which makes it even easier, right? And it sort of feels like this matchup this week a little bit to me, right? Like, Dolphins... They're a minimal. They're they're just in, they're as minimal as they can be right now. They're down to the third string quarterback. We don't know if Taron Armstead's going to play. We know Liam Eikenberg's out. They got seven guys on the injury report this week. There are so many things seemingly missing from this Dolphins team, especially from the first two matchups. So you you talk about the simplicity of it. You talk about the dumbed down version of a. I don't know. Do you want to call cut a corn a snack? I didn't say it's a snack. It's not a dessert. Um, but the funny thing about kettle corn that I think makes this analogy even maybe hit closer to home um, is what's the one thing you know about kettle corn, Bruce? You're going to eat a ton of it, right? But what's the Absolutely. other thing? What's the other uh, thing about kettle corn? Stuck in your and teeth. I say, that's right. It gets stuck oh, in your teeth. Oh, we nailed it. It gets stuck in your teeth, Bruce. And it's that thorn in your side. And you're like, oh, I love this. But then you're then you're picking some out of your teeth for the next two hours. And that's kind of what this Dolphins team has been all year. They're the thorn in your side. They're the popcorn kernel in your teeth that you just can't get out. Um, so that's for me, this Bill's Dolphins game. And, and it's the, the metaphor for me is slaying the dragon one more time, winning the season series, get it up two to one and move on to, uh, you know, another home game in the AFC divisional round, which um, I'm, I'm extra- incredibly excited for. So simple uh, two ingredients. But the thing that really ties this and melds this all together, the thorn in your side, it gets stuck in your teeth. I like that. That's a good one. Mm. We're just digging so deep, man. We are, man. We're digging so into deep. the well, into the well. So Buffalo Bills wide receiver Gabriel yeah, Davis has been in the public eye this week. One of the things that I absolutely love, I absolutely love about football is that every week has its own storyline. It's a little bit like the old adage that every day Twitter has a main character and your only goal is to not be that main character that day. Yeah. Right. That's the only goal of Twitter is just not be the main character that day. Well, every week it feels like there's a main character after every game for every team that it's focused on that player, whether it's because they made a big play, 
Maybe it's because they were notable in their absence. A couple times it's been Kair Elam because he wasn't playing. One of the things that's popped up this week is Gabriel Davis. There's been discussion on as to whether or not what we've seen from Gabriel Davis now that the year is over would be classified regular season is over, would be classified as a disappointment. Where does he fall as far as wide receiver twos? Should we be comparing him to certain other wide receiver twos? Should we have higher standards because you have a higher standard of quarterback play? You have more capacity for wide receiver two upside because you have Josh Allen as opposed to the Washington Commanders. So the narrative around Gabriel Davis this week makes me feel like what, Nate? For me, it's like you go to a new restaurant that your friend owns, right? And the first meal you have, it's just not as good as you thought it was going to be. It's The thing is, is you know your friend's a great cook. You've seen them whip together amazing meals. You've had, you've been the beneficiary of many good meals your friend has cooked, but this new restaurant, maybe it's a new theme. Maybe it's a style of food you're just not really into. And it's just not what you thought you were going to get from someone you know is capable of building a fantastic menu and a great meal and and something that's going to be memorable and delicious. And that's kind of how I feel about Gabriel Davis, right? Is just like the expectations were so high for maybe unfairly high for him, both from an organizational perspective, because they did nothing to insulate, nothing to hedge the bet, Bruce. Um, You know, Emmanuel Sanders leaves and they didn't really, I think, adequately, you know, insulate, hedge their bet that Gabriel Davis wasn't going to be the guy that we saw in the AFC divisional round last year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's kind of what it maybe most reminds me of. It's like, it's like, you know, when you're expecting something, it's not bad. It's just not as good as you wanted it to be. Yeah, I think that's fair. My, my answer to this is the narrative around Gabriel Davis makes me feel like There's an Applebee's argument breaking out, and I'm stuck in the middle of it. (laughs) I was pitching this to my wife, and I said, Mrs. Nolan, because that's what I call her. I say Mrs. Nolan. Ironically enough, I don't think I've called my wife by her actual name in a decade. You call her Mrs. Nolan? No, I call her Babe. Oh, Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I go, hey, beautiful. Hey, babe. Yeah. I don't think I've actually ever called her, but I don't think I think it's been a decade since I've called her by her actual name which is, of course, Mrs. Nolan. But when I did, I was pitching this to her, and I said, what do you think is the most mid-restaurant out there? (laughs) And she looked at me, and she said, what about Applebee's? I said, you know, I was leaning toward Chili's, but I like this better. Let's go Applebee's. I feel like there's an Applebee's argument breaking out right now. I'm here to tell you there's nothing wrong with Applebee's, okay? I've been to Applebee's fairly recently. I enjoyed my meal. I will go back again. If I get to hit them at a specific time where it's half-price appetizers, absolutely, that's a W for sure. You can absolutely 100% do worse than Applebee's. I'm not here for the Applebee's is trash slander. It's not great. It's not trash. But the fact that I'm sitting here in the middle of an argument as to whether or not it's great or trash makes me think that we just refuse to acknowledge the fact that you can do better than Applebee's, but you can also do a lot worse than Applebee's. You could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. And so I'm sitting here going like, does everything have to be great and trash? 
can it just be fine? I'm perfectly satisfied. I'm I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Is that what that's why I say when I walk out of sure. Applebee's, I go, yeah, it was yeah, fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's it was fine. fine. No, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look to do better than Applebee's. Like I, I, I'm not gonna constantly settle for Applebee's. I am gonna at some point seek out better. It's not food. anyone's first choice, right? And I am going to seek out food that is better than Applebee's. hundred percent. Sure. I'm gonna do that. I have a disagreement with Cameron that says it's trash, right? Absolutely 100% disagree that it's trash, right? It's fine. I, I, you know, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think Gabriel Davis is fine. I'm fine with Gabriel Davis. Now, I'm telling you right now, I am going to, I am absolutely going to be pounding the table to add another wide receiver this offseason. Cameron says, let's see yeah. how he does next year with Crowder. Crowder's on a one-year deal. Yep. So they'd have to re-sign Crowder in order to do that. So and I'd like them to upgrade from a guy that misses a lot of games all the time. Yeah. So and I'm I'm gonna want to add a meaningful piece. I'm gonna be pounding the table for a day one or a day two wide receiver in the NFL draft. Yep. A hundred percent. Right? Is does that mean I don't think Gabriel Davis is a reasonable wide receiver too? No, he's 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 absolutely a reasonable wide receiver too. I just want better than reasonable. Yeah, and in a league where you have teams, the elite teams now have one or two or sometimes three guys. Yeah, yeah like I feel like you want to you want to feel like you have a guy that is. Would you say that the Bills are a like T Higgins away, and that Gabe Davis is more of kind of like a, a Tyler Boyd more than he is a T Higgins? I used a Devery Henderson comp not too long ago for oh, Gabriel Devery Davis. Henderson. Right, he was a wide he was a wide receiver two for slash wide receiver three for the Saints a while ago. I haven't like heard that name years and years ago. Time. Yeah, I, I'm dating I'm dating myself. I am yeah, one hundred percent. I'm one hundred percent dating myself. Um, one of the things that I said on Twitter not too long ago, and I mentioned it on the podcast, uh, the Bruce exclusive earlier this week, is what I said was that if I were to say these names to you, would you immediately think that they were way better or way worse? Than Gabriel Davis and I listed some names. I said, "Okay, uh, Curtis Samuel. How do we feel about that, Nate? Curtis Samuel. I wouldn't say way worse, but I I think worse. Okay, let's go with um, Donovan Peoples Jones. Better. Michael Gallup. Better. So these are some names I I pitched, and my point entirely was that the fact that you sat there and thought about it." The fact that you sat there and thought about it means Gabriel Davis is somewhere in that general zip code, right? Yep. Every single one of those players that I listed on the podcast and listed in the tweet were players that the teams were actively seeking or are actively seeking to push down one spot on the depth chart. That doesn't mean they're not good. That doesn't mean they're bad players. They're not bad players. You just can do better. And I think there's capacity when you have Josh Allen to do better. I think that one of the things we need to talk about is when you have Josh Allen, you can support multiple really good receivers. That's right. You're not wasting any resources by investing another first-round pick in a receiver. It's not like you're going to invest a receiver, invest a first-round pick in a receiver. And everyone's going like, "What the heck? You already have Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis." I'm sorry, you have Josh freaking Allen. Are you telling me <laughs> you can't support that? Are you telling me that we're going to waste resources because you overspent on something you can't do? Absolutely not. So for me, when I look at Gabriel Davis, I go, I, th- I think that there's an argument that's breaking out about Applebee's. I'm like, listen, guys, it doesn't have to be he's amazing 
or he's trash. He can just be a perfectly reasonable wide receiver too. He's okay. But I think due to the presence of, due to the presence of Josh Allen, you can and should be looking to add a player above him on the depth chart. Hmm. One of the things that we specifically said was inconsistent and limited. And when I look at Applebee's, I've got some inconsistency with Applebee's. I've got some limited with Applebee's. So for me, I look at this and I go, yeah, I'm I'm completely fine with that. I don't, I'm not here to bash Gabriel Davis. Oh, Gabriel Davis is trash. I didn't think he was trash before. I thought he was fine before. I did say the exact same thing that you said. In June, I flat out said, I don't think that the wide receiver room is better this year. And I got lambasted yeah, right. on t- Twitter for it. Just absolutely taken to the cleaners. And guess what? I was right. And so for me, when I look at this, I go, okay, yeah, let's let's do it. I have no problem keeping Gabe Davis on the team, having him be a meaningful part of the offense every single year. I just want more. I just want more. And there's some discussion breaking out in the comments right now about we want interior offensive line. I want interior offensive line too. Heard that? And quite frankly, all of the high all the high picks have all been defensive players all this Mm -hmm. time. I listen. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care if Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer both walk. I still want to invest in the offense highly. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's always been defense. It's been defense, 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 defense. We have Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen. Please give the man some stuff. Give him some, some stuff. Toys. Give him some toys. Okay. Moving along. We have... Uh, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, oh. Are we not getting into winners and losers? We got an email? We got an email. Oh. We got an email that we're going to winners and losers. Andy says, Bruce and Nate, you okay. are McDermott and Bean. Hamlin is now out and has no real timetable to return. You need to convert one of your cornerbacks to safety. Who do you pick? Trey White, he's your best player in the secondary, has ridiculous football IQ, and offers the best chance at producing at a high-like level immediately. Christian Benford, just came off IR, is only a rookie. What do you think? We already moved Cam Lewis to safety. Yep. Somebody else, what are your thoughts? I'm going to take it first so that you can okay. so that you can get time to think about it. Okay. I'm absolutely moving Christian Benford. 100% uh, I'm moving. That's where I am. That's 100% right. I'm moving Christian Bedford to safety. If yeah. you made me move one, I'm moving Christian Bedford. Yep. I, I, that was the that was the first one that popped in my head. I think that I thought he profiled reasonably to that coming out of college. Quite frankly, I he's that a that willing tackler. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got shorter quickness. Whereas like higher Elam to me is not the, is not a safety type to me. He's a press man corner. So at 100 percent, 100. I think Christian the answer Bedford. is is Benford. And yep. um. Brian asked about Dane, Dane Jackson. I'm oh, sorry, Patton asked about Dane Jackson. Um, the reason Benford over Jackson is because Jackson, you're not going to be able to get as much time out before you have to make a call on a second contract. Yeah, right. You're going to get three still years a rookie. with Benford to figure it out. Yeah. So with Dane Jackson, this is year three of Dane Jackson. So that means I move him now. I get one year. And you can, uh, uh, Patton asked about Taron Johnson. Um, Yes, theoretically, he would transition well to safety. You can take Karen yeah. Johnson from slot corner when you pry him from my cold, dead hands. 
Yeah, he's one of the best slot corners in football. When he's on, when he is on, he is the best slot corner in football. But like every cornerback, they go through sometimes, you know, peaks and valleys. And every corner is like valleys that. this year. Corner yeah. is an intrinsically, intrinsically hard to stabilize position. There are peaks and valleys That's with right. corners. And, and slot I, corner is one of the hardest to play. It is. And I think that cornerback is the second hardest position in football to play and is the least understood. Hmm. Um, and I pound the table for corners all the time. You know, I'm a corner aficionado. Um, I played corner. I coached corners like that. that, that, that that's something I like to do. Right. I will tell you right now, it is an incredibly difficult job to do like incredibly difficult. The rules don't make it easier and our lack of understanding of the position makes it worse. Yeah, I would agree with that. So for me, the answer is Christian Bedford moving along. Winners and losers. Mm. Nate, I took the email first. You are going to take the first winner or loser and call your shot. You want to go winners or losers first? Losers. Loser. Loser. My biggest loser, the Houston Texans. And they were they get the Hail Mary at the end of that play. They lose the number one overall pick, right? Now they're bumped down to number two. That's not as much of the loser part of this as much as the news that you would have heard today, which is that there's a serious belief that Ohio State might get C.J. Stroud enough NIL money to convince him to come back for another season, another run at a national championship. And Bruce, if that happens, the number one pick becomes maybe the most valuable number one pick. And how long? A a long time. A long time. A long time. And now... Instead of Houston getting the pick of the litter of Will Levis or CJ Stroud or whoever doesn't get there, now you've got to worry about are the Colts going to leapfrog me and go get the guy that we want? Is someone else going to try? I, I and not only that though, it's the value of be of having that pick and being able to potentially move back. And the Kings ransom teams are now going to be able to, you know, kind of offer Chicago, who I think is in the in the catbird seat. So yeah, I mean, what a and I get it. Like, if you're Lovey Smith, good for you. On the way out, you it's a big F you to them. And and frankly, it was a well-deserved F you to, to Houston. Because I just think they've been treating the head coach position um, embarrassingly over the last several seasons. And if you're, a, if you're a guy in the NFL right now, I know there's only 32 of these jobs. But that's a tough one for me to look at and say, like, yeah, you know what? Especially a first-time head coach um, or maybe more so a retread. Because if you're a retread, this might real this might be your one and only chance um, for long term stability in the NFL. And and is that the go to? No, Houston Texans are the losers this week. David Culley and Lovey Smith are going to be somebody's answer to a trivia question twenty years from now, and people yeah, will go and no one's going. Oh my know. gosh, I completely forgot they coached the Texans. Everyone will remember Lovey Smith in Illinois and Lovey Smith in Chicago. They'll remember that. They'll remember that Lovey Smith, but they'll be like, oh my gosh, he was the coach of the Texans that one year. And who was the guy before him? Was it, was it, was it, oh my gosh, who was that guy? Who was that guy? Hold on. Let me pull up my phone. Oh my gosh. David (laughs) Culley. Wikipedia. Yes. David Culley. I think I've already forgot he was the coach. Exactly. Last year. A hundred percent. My biggest loser this week is Brandon Staley. (sighs) The coach of the Chargers for two reasons. Number one, he left Mike Williams in. Mike Williams got hurt. Yeah. Mike Williams now will not play in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it, one of the most embarrassing and then, coaching Bruce, moves. And, that, and then the quote. Yes. And then the quote this week. The quote week? was bad. The quote was bad. And then on top of all of that, there's a hidden thing behind this. 
it has been well established by the rumor mill that Sean Payton's main yeah. goal would be to stay in LA and Sean McVay already locked it down, already locked it back in, which means yep. now the world just waits around because if the chargers lose to the Jaguars and Brandon Staley gets fired, Sean Payton's sitting there waiting in the wings. And if the chargers think they've got a shot at Sean Payton, they might be more likely to get rid of Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, maybe not only, it's amazing to me the trickle effect that little things can have happen in the NFL. Think about this for a second. Brandon Staley's decision to play starters in a game that had basically no value to them, where they were already locked in the five seed, oh. that decision could alter the future of multiple franchises across the NFL. Lovey yeah. Smith deciding to win that game for the Texans can alter multiple franchises moving forward. That's right. It is amazing to me. And let's be honest, this is the reason we love football. It is. We love football because the sample size is so small that the trickle effect is so big. That's what happens. The sample size is so small that the trickle becomes so big. Yeah. And every little thing, think about the Buffalo Bills trading up and getting Josh Allen ahead of the Cardinals. Right? Think about how that changes the universe. Think about if the Browns end up taking Josh Allen number one overall, which there were significant rumors that that was going to happen. Think about this. Tiny little things. Tiny little things just trickle their way through the entire franchises and change the course of football as we know it. That's why we love this crap. But the biggest loser to me mm -hmm. is Brandon Staley for being the pivot point of one of those significant items. Biggest winner. The winners to me are jointly the Broncos and the Cardinals. The Broncos mm -hmm. and the Cardinals are biggest winners because they secured discussions with Sean Payton. He likes Kyler Murray. He's willing to work with Russell Wilson. So neither of the contracts that they signed their quarterbacks to last offseason is an inhibitor for them getting the coach they want, which is always the concern, especially in yep. Denver, much more oh, so yeah. in Denver than in, than in Arizona. Because a lot of people think that Murray's a, 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 an above-average quarterback and Cliff Kingsbury's just terrible. Like, a lot of people thought that. That offense, running joke last year, was that if you wanted to find DeAndre Hopkins, just look to the far left side of the Cardinals offense. Yeah, that's like, right. Yep. Where's Waller? He move. It's really easy. Yeah. He doesn't move. He's just where he is every single time. And a, a staggering, a staggeringly large amount of screen percentage in the Arizona offense year over year. It's just a whole thing. But... Broncos and Cardinals get to get away with one. They get to sign their quarterbacks to gigantic extensions and not have that stop them from getting discussions done with their preferred head coach. Also, Sean McVay going back to L.A. means that Sean Payton now has one less L.A. option, which means he's more likely to go with the Broncos or the Cardinals. They are my biggest winners this week because the probability of them getting their guy has only gone up. Nate, what about you? My biggest winner this week, the Buffalo Bills. And it's because of the situation that played out, the unfortunate circumstances that ultimately they didn't get to control their own destiny. And, and yet they end up having to play a home game in the wild card round. And they're going to get to do it against a team with their third string quarterback, with a team that has lost seven of their last eight, a team that is reeling 
Fine, try. I mean, they are 31st in almost every major defensive category right now. Um, and they've got a head coach who started really hot and has got the same record essentially that Brian Flores had, except they got a win at the end of the season and they got somebody else to lose, right? Uh, the Bills are they end up being the biggest what you're going to get now of course you you, you know yeah they still got to play the game and the bills got to win and it's a division opponent yada 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 all that stuff for sure but if you could have handpicked one team to play other than maybe the patriots again it was this the version of this miami dolphins team that i'm picking all day long so although it felt impact with a bunch of l's this felt like a, a uniquely good dub for the bills um this week going into the wild card round Nate put that in the universe. Patton says, we got a drink now, folks. Everybody got to take a drink. Makes sense. I took mine to finish off the evening. All got to take a drink. Nate, we did the thing. We always do. We always, you know, it's consistent. We really do do the thing, man. We always do the thing. We do the thing. We we have done the thing. The thing has been done. (laughs) And I hope... You had a good time hanging out with us this evening. I hope you enjoyed our increasingly psychotic metaphors. But most importantly, (laughs) I hope you didn't leave hungry.